Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is over, but here on Post Show Recaps Theater, we are just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with my mentor. It's Ariel. Ariel, how you doing? I am honored to be your mentor, and I bought you this like small mirror compact thing. Ooh, I'm going to put it on immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. It might Uh-oh. it might do something wacky. Mm, it's kind of a spot. No, it's not a big spot. Maybe, but, uh, no, I feel like yeah. if you hadn't said it was by the nobody even would have known. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, we are lucky to be joined by a third. I feel like I have two mentors, so it's very exciting. Um, Melissa Woodward is also here. Melissa, how you doing? Hey, I am good, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Well, they didn't um, say that in the movie, didn't they? They didn't say. They said, did they, they, they oh, said it in like I a heard. broken up way, right? Yeah. Like, the odds you know, or, or against you, but you know, may they be in your favor. So I can't remember right. the exact line, but yeah, they sort of uh, wink and a nudge. Yeah. There's a lot of winks and nudges in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Hunger mm-hmm. Games. Like, like, like Jim, uh, Jim from the office looking to the camera being like, eh? yeah, so not directly to the other movies that we made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except we'll get to it. There's like one line from the book, apparently that they uh, left out. That's like very much that, that I was like, why oh. would you do all the other winks and nudges and not this one? But, well, yes, we're of course chatting about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel film to the uh, the four-movie franchise, The Hunger Games, began in 2012, I believe. Melissa, um, excited to have you on as sort of our, you know, YA consultant. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure people are subscribed. We're going to chat through the movie. Uh, make sure to subscribe, postrecaps.com slash movies, or just search for Poetry Recaps Theater in the podcast app of your choice. Melissa, I'll start with you as our esteemed guest. Um, what'd you make of uh, of The Hunger Games prequel? Um, I I enjoyed it. It's a Hunger Games movie. So yeah, people may know. It was on the patron feeds. So people may not know, but Kevin Mahadeo and I covered all of the Hunger Games movies as part of our YA coverage. It was sort of what we did after twilight as our inaugural Mm -hmm. season and we went on a whole like dystopian binge also talking divergent and and maze runner but hunger games is really like the pinnacle of that and it was um it's movies that i think we sort of hyped up at the time watching them where i'm like these movies are i think better than people like they're good movies uh and i enjoyed it i have sort of it's it's more like the story itself that I have an issue with than mm. the movie. I thought it was a good movie. It's, you love capitalism. Yeah. Big mm. fan. Big yeah. mm-hmm. fan of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the time, uh, Kevin and I can be quoted as saying, who asked for this? Who asked for <laughs> the the snow backstory? Like, why, why is this what we're getting in terms of more Hunger Games content? But it's what we have and it's what they made a movie out of. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Ariel, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, I, uh, let's see. I, I'm a fan of, of the Hunger Games movies. I've read the books, the original trilogy, not the, not the book that this one is based on. And I enjoy those movies a lot. I enjoy the, the world a lot. And I was, you know, similarly, I was like, do we need this movie? And that's again, as someone who didn't even read the book, so I'm not really aware, but obviously I know from those movies that like, this snow character is so evil in those movies played brilliantly by uh donald sutherland and i was like okay yeah i'm interested um and i think to melissa's point i think this the story's a little wild i should say this movie is two hours and 37 minutes i believe 
So it's mm -hmm. a lot of story, but um, I, I thought it was interesting. I think there are a lot of really somewhere between we will vacillate between like hilarious things to talk about and like odd choices that they made that we can talk about. But um, I, I don't know that I would want to sit through it again, but I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting story and I'm a big fan, like I said, of that world. So like, I think in that sense, having, you know, this story in a vacuum, I don't really care, but having it connected to that other, to, or to its own universe, I think is, is what makes it worthwhile if you're, if you're a fan of that. Yeah, I agree basically with everything that you've both said. I really enjoyed it. I thought maybe it was a little too long. I think maybe we could have. Um, uh, oh, I want is it Mockingjay? Is that the last movie? They maybe yeah. could have Mockingjayed it and split it up into two movies. I think um, because I feel like the last the act shaking is it? No, the not. last <laughs> act is so tonally I think like uh, different than everything else that comes before it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, nevertheless, I thought it was good. And actually, most of the decisions that they make that i'm like uh, okay sure i like forgive it because i think that this movie does for the most part for the most part know exactly what it is trying to be and the choices it makes is like leaning into that instead of um like yeah so i'm like yeah it's it's just trying to be like a coming of age you know prequel film to a legacy media thing so i'm like and i can't be that mad like i probably make the same decision if i'm in the if i'm like making this movie so I kind of forgive some of its flaws for that reason. Overall, I, I did enjoy it. Um, so I'm excited to chat through with it, even if I didn't like love every minute of it. I think if that makes sense. So let's spill the PSRT. All right. So um, we're going to very quickly meet 18-year-old Coralina Snow. And um, he wants he's he's in the running for this uh, award. What is the award, Melissa? I the the thing that the he's going to get prize, the which, plinth yeah. prize. Yeah, I was going to guess place. I was very, I would have been very okay. close. Yeah, <laughs> and so he thinks he's going to win it. I think for having like the highest grades, but no. Yeah. Turns out the only way to win it this year is to actually um, mentor someone in the tenth annual Hunger Games. The Hunger Games are like waning in popularity to a degree. People are wondering why are we doing this, and it's not about winning the hunger games is about creating the most entertaining um basically participant or story in the thing he gets very lucky he gets uh lucy gray baird um who basically immediately you know she what does she put in she puts a snake in another woman's uh, <laughs> yeah. uh overalls and she's like singing and so she's like immediately like people love her and um also at the same time um, Coralinus is also slowly coming up with these ideas that will like make the games more entertaining. So he proposes the sponsorship scheme where you can sort of send things um, to the games, and he's he's impressing um, this uh, the woman who is uh, sort of is the what is she called the game master? Um, uh, yeah, so she's the Gall. one designing yeah. all the games. She's a scientist. Yeah. It's uh, Doctor Gall, I think. Yeah, yeah Doctor Gall, played by Bill Davis, who was wonderful in this movie. Um, and so. Uh, she he bonds with Lucy Gray, um, but there's this other, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, group that uh, of people in the Hunger Games who are not seemingly fans of Lucy Gray and all the attention she's getting and might, in fact, target her in the games. Um, as they're doing a tour of the arena, a, a bomb goes off from some rebels killing some of the mentors and uh, tributes. Um, Coralinus gives Lucy Gray this like rat poison in the like uh, powder um, mirror um, uh, after uh, she saves him. 
And Gall begins implementing more of Coraline's suggestions, and it uh, results in increased viewership of the Hunger Games. As it as it begins, uh, it starts off, and it's basically a bloodbath. And the thing I thought was really interesting is that typically, um, seemingly, the games uh, are very short in this time period. That typically mm -hmm. they just expect sort of their over basically uh, within a few hours, um, but not the case. Lucy Gray hides out underground. Um, Coralanus's friend, Sejanus Plinth, the son of the aforementioned Plinth Prize Awards giver, whatever, sneaks into the arena um, as his tribute has died, and Coralanus is forced to enter the arena to retrieve him, but he ultimately is forced to kill another tribute. Um, Gaul alters the game's film footage to basically conceal that he was ever in there. Um, Eventually, uh, there's uh, only a few folks left, and uh, Gaul releases these like snakes that are released. Um, and uh, but Coralina secretly puts a handkerchief with Lucy Gray's scent in it to protect her, knowing that the snakes won't bite anybody whose scent they are familiar with. Lucy Gray seemingly wins, but the games are not immediately called to an end. Instead, it is determined that uh, Coralinus had cheated um, and that he is sentenced to serve 20 years as a peacekeeper for cheating. Uh, Sejanus is also punished and sent to be a peacekeeper as well. Um, they end up going to District 12, um, where they begin peacekeeper training. Um, Sejanus starts to basically start to fraternize with potentially some of the rebels. Um, Coralinus does see Lucy Gray, and they uh, basically begin uh, a romantic entanglement, although we'll then soon learn that Lucy Gray is also involved with the rebels. Coralanus reports Sejanus uh, to Gaul, and he is actually hanged for his treason. Um, uh, Lucy Gray and Coralanus try to escape, um, but as they escape and he realizes that she's more involved than he previously thought, he tries to sort of pursue her. Um, he's bitten by a snake, and he shoots at Lucy Gray, but he ultimately returns to the capital. Um, uh, High Bottom, played by Peter Dinklage, confesses the games were never intended to be reality, but it was Coralanus' father who actually uh, put them into place. Coralanus ultimately kills him. Um, Gaul trains Coralanus as a future game maker, whereas Lucy Gray's fate remains unknown. That's basically what happens in The Hunger Games, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snake. I'm sure I missed a lot, but we'll dive into it. Um, I always like to ask this to Ariel Blast, to Tumo, so like, what's your head? What's your biggest takeaway from, from the movie? What's the headline? Um, I think for me, it's like a lot of cool world building, like Ariel said, like this world that we know through the Hunger Games, but lots of like, I enjoyed most like seeing the development of the games, like where they were back then. And some, and some of that, there's like a lot of stuff, um, that they sort of fill in the gaps in, which is very cool. Um, and I think the flip side of that is I think that um, they made some some choices that leave things less ambiguous than I think the the book does from I haven't actually read the book, but I did a lot of reading on the differences and stuff. And and from what I was reading, I think I was hoping you were going to finish that tense by saying I haven't read the book, but I've done a lot of reading. So I will interpret what a book might be like yeah. had I read it. <laughs> I've read other books. I've read other books, so I presume I can just show so you what happened. I know yeah. words. <laughs> um, but the point being that uh, I think Snow, a lot of the ambiguity in the book is removed in this movie, and I think that's to its disservice. Mm -hmm. um, so we can kind of talk about those two things, but that's sort of my big like pro and con of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I agree, I agree with the 
with wanting, and I mean, I already said that I'm, I'm so, I was so curious from the outset, you know, like you see the trailer before the movie comes out and you're like, okay, so he doesn't seem like he's pure evil yet. So like what I am like somewhat curious to see what's going to happen to him. And clearly this relationship with Lucy is going to have a really big impact on him and how he like sees the world or whatever. Um, and I just, I, I remember it, the movie hit like, well, the Hunger Games are over at some point. And then I look at the time and I'm like, oh my God, the there's still like an hour yeah. left of this yeah. movie. And I literally wrote, I was like, oh my God, the Hunger Games are over, but they're just getting started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember thinking at that moment, not just the time thing, but like to the point of the story, I'm like, they haven't really established that that dynamic yet or like that twist or that turn of like what he what is the thing that's going to drive him to become the person that we know and I, i've and i and then i started to get worried i'm like okay is the movie even gonna do that at all because of, in my estimation that was kind of the entire point of or a lot of the point of even doing it um and that's so interesting about like the book versus the movie part of it because it sounds like i okay i didn't read the book but i'm listening to someone who didn't read the book but read stuff about the book talk about the book and <laughs> yeah. according to what you said it sounds like in the book they made it uh they they had a little bit more fun perhaps or were a little bit more intentional with playing with your expectation of who snow is versus who he becomes i i yeah, is that true, Melissa? Yeah, I... yeah. so I, I talked to a friend of mine who had read the book who went to see the movie with me yesterday, and she was talking about, I think both, I, I, I think it really depends on your perspective of what you want, right? Like, I, I'm not super here for the idea that you should leave this movie feeling bad for Snow, right? And I don't think that that's the goal of either the book or the movie. Um, but I think that there is some... There's some interesting kind of ambiguity in the book around like, is Lucy Gray into Snow at all? Or is she manipulating him in order to try to advance her own chance of survival in the game? Um, and at the end, there's also a bit more ambiguity. They, uh, I was reading about some differences and she's got a couple lines at the very end where he's like, oh, the loose ends, her whole line about like, except me. And like, oh, of like, I'm just going out to... Um, when she goes out to oh, get yeah. the Katniss and he's like, oh, it's too early. Uh, she says she won't melt in the rain. It, or she says something. Made about, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, asked something about her betraying him. And she's like, of course I won't or whatever. Like there's a couple things that just make it less ambiguous in terms of it's supposed to be very much his own paranoia of like, and, and, actually seeing her later on it's just supposed to be she goes out looking is she going for food is she going to like betray him later we never see her again um and he develops this whole story in his mind about what she's what her motivations are and what she's doing and that's definitely not confirmed and i think here it was a little bit more it's unclear but i think we were sort of handed a little bit more of like she's into him also now she's like acting real sus and it's like um that was supposed to be i think we're just supposed to think that snow um is making up more of this potentially than is actually going on and it was just a little bit more played out um I, my my friend did say that I and I thought it was interesting because in the movie you spend less time you don't get that like first person character perspective it's outside of it and so um 
you are maybe a little bit more able to be she found that uh snow was like a bit more of a sympathetic character in the movie because you didn't know what he was thinking a lot mm -hmm. of the time that right. like once you know his thoughts you're like oh yeah you're an awful person <laughs> um and it yeah it's just interesting i don't know that i wanted the story of like snow's descent into villainy um but it is sort of an interesting i really enjoyed getting the evolution of the games and the evolution of that uprising and like so much so many of the references and the ties that we get i found really cool like the fact that um tigris is a character that if anybody remembers from the movies is someone that katniss ends up meeting within the capital mm -hmm. um so that was like as soon as i heard that name i was like oh that is cool like that is um and but i'm sure that's like that's a book thing that's you know that the movies included um and then the fact that Lucy Gray is the one who uh, wrote the song, The Hanging Tree, that will become this like song of rebellion and uprising and stuff. Um, and the the line that they left out from the book that I thought was a bit of a wild choice is uh, Lucy Gray has a quote that says, the show's not over until the Mockingjay sings. And it's because the Mockingjays, which are the offspring of these Jabberjays that we know will like echo mm -hmm. um, words that were used to like spy on the rebels, they'll echo the last words of the victims at the hanging tree. And that's supposed to be kind of that symbol. And again, it's like this line that apparently is throughout the book that eventually ties back to the fact that the Mockingjay will become this symbol of rebellion that will continue to haunt Snow as a grown-up. So there's lots of like really interesting stuff in here that kind of for fans of this world and of the Hunger Games story, I find really cool. Um I just don't know exactly uh, if we are supposed if we were ever supposed to find Snow to be a sympathetic character and then not, or if we're just supposed to see. I, I, like I don't so, know what uh, yeah. the goal was there. So I I think yes, and I think that the and and maybe not sympathetic, but there is this moment where he he is so involved that there's this moment where he can choose to be one of two people he can be the person who's involved in the rebellion or he can choose to go along with the system and i again i think that this movie is really really good basically up until the end of the hunger games and it's basically yeah. like where i might cut off again i, I think that like again ariel like the amount of times we're like uh yeah too much movie for the movie podcast <laughs> but i would i would split this into two movies where i think the turn i think the, even if like you know they add whatever like third you know 30 minutes into the back half of the movie and that's a separate movie i think giving it some time away and coming back to the movie the the turn to sort of like snow's heel turn basically in the back half of the movie where he's like willing to turn into janus and all this stuff i think works more effectively with with time it, it feels so abrupt in this movie um because I, and i i just think for me I do think you're supposed to, I, I don't know whether you're supposed to sympathize with him, but I think you're supposed to be watching this person who could go one of two ways. And he ultimately chooses to go, you know, the path that we know he goes down because we've watched mm -hmm. the original movies. I don't think that the impetus for him making that decision is strong enough in, in the yeah. movie. I don't think that there's enough to really convince me that, because um, I think what they're trying to do in the first half is that this is not a man who is entirely um, evil. 
And yet I feel like when he becomes evil, that's the way it then feels like this is this is who he is always, um, who he's always been um, without any sort of hints of like why he might even, um, you know, hang out with people who are who are rebellious. He's so like against Sujanus ever doing anything remotely um, uh, rebellious. And then he ultimately he like turns him in. And I never quite understand that uh, uh piece and then why ultimately when he realizes that she like he has to know that she's pretty like involved maybe not to the extent that he thought she was and i just maybe wish there was more in that in those moments of like explaining why snow has the opportunity to do good and he ultimately decides to do to do bad that's where i think the movie is the the weakest i don't know if that makes sense ariel no, I think it does. And I, you know, uh, when you first mentioned adding more to the movie, uh, you said, you know, splitting it into two movies, really. But like my yeah. initial reaction, I think I had like a violent gag <laughs> right, just here uh -huh. privately with my muted uh -huh. mic. No, you were but, you but were not. Hearing you, we all heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but hearing you talk about this potential of a second movie, I'm actually thinking that would be amazing Like to give these two actors like more room to play with could actually benefit the story because I, I would have loved like hearing you Melissa talk about like some of his paranoia that seems to be more prevalent in the book and again obviously the point of it being um you know point of view characters in a book you know similar in my head a little bit to like Game of Thrones the way so many characters in those chapters in the books you get to hear their private thoughts and you really understand them so much better than you do sometimes on the show I, I would have loved to have more just like a, a smattering of moments across the film before the end of the Hunger Games of him being paranoid, of him being unsure, of him like taking things the wrong way or being so harsh about things for some reason. Like or what does being would've... part of the rebellion cost him? Like nothing, what, right? Like yes, we don't see and like, what are his? Like, yeah, I mean, he gets away. But, yeah, and what are his motivations? Like we 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 meet him and we understand that he genuinely cares about his family. Like that is a big thing for him, and I, I love that. That makes sense to me as a human. And God, I like that his good. mom is like, or his grandma, sorry, or his mm -hmm. what? What do they call her? Like a grandmappy or whatever. <laughs> grandma, yeah, no, um, no. That like she actually has also old school views about like the reasons the hunger games exist. And like, mm -hmm. she has these like very much like protect what you have mentality. That I don't think Tigris has as, as much of, although I love, I love Hunter Shaver so much. I think she's phenomenal in this movie. I also think she's kind of underserved. I really don't understand sure. her motivations either, but if we got more about like what it would cost him to be part of the rebellion and how much he would be willing to rain, retain like safety um, uh, of like what you have at the expense of people you, even though you've met, you don't you don't really care about like that to me. I, but the problem, Ariel, for about splitting into new movies is you and I are like, ooh, two hour and a half movies, and they're like, ooh, two two and a half hour movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, they want to they want to make two yeah. movies that are as long as this yes. movie yes. instead right. of uh, somewhere more in the middle. And, you know the the idea of like him again, he's close to his family, but then he's like flip flopping between. You know, either like we keep saying he kind of he has two doors to choose from or two paths that he could go down and like, what will it cost him? But even beyond that, like, why would he care? Like what 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 would put him in a position where he would want to do something that would put his family in danger? I feel like we never really got that part of the motivation. And like they kept it seemed like they were they were trying to to like grasp onto all these 
disparate ideas, but they only seem to like pick and choose at a time, one or two to uh, to address in a moment. So like, I think the motivation of the family comes in and out of the movie. Like at times it's important and at times it doesn't feel all that important. And at times we understand why he's doing what he's doing. And at other times he doesn't. And the idea of getting like the second movie, as much as I love the Hunger Games, like the as an event watching it and how you know, messed up and awful it feels. And it's just like, so it's exciting. It's like, you know, obviously just some of the best parts of both the movies and the books. I think the, the set, this potential second movie that we have came, come up with here, it sounds so much more interesting because of the potential for history, like because the time change and like really to have more room for all of his beats along the way, along his journey, just I I'm I can't get this out of my head now of like how much mm -hmm. better that would have worked because of because of their relationship especially like his relationship with Lucy there's a whole moment where he's I think it's when he's giving her food across the the zoo fence that they have these tributes in he's like is this real and like it happened so fast as for us mm -hmm. as viewers like they kind of just met and like there's this very clear attraction whatever and then he's like is this real I'm like oh this is juicy like are are they going to be playing you know it's like it's like survivor right like you know yeah, so many yeah. times these things these properties have been have been uh uh you know put, put against each other but um or just thought about in the same in the same thought experiment and i feel like that's that makes sense like the way in which you know you align with people but then you betray them and you're not really sure and the lines are blurred and all that that's very interesting to me but they didn't at all do enough with it both at the beginning and the end so like there's not enough of them like kind of playing this cat and mouse game and they have and then once she saves him it's kind of like oh my god i i owe her everything and then at the end he's like second guessing her and it just felt like it just felt messy yeah i think you could have seeded the paranoia throughout the last section as well of like what is her involvement here is she still like why I, I think we needed to know, like, if Lucy Gray is still potentially manipulating him, what is that source? Uh, like, why would she do that? Right. And yeah. so at this point, when we get to the very end and it's like, oh, she might betray me. Like, why would she do that? What is this other motivation that she might have? Is it that she's tied to the rebellion? Because it was like pretty unclear to me if Lucy Gray was involved in the rebellion at all or if she just sort of like stumbled into that back room with her ex and her ex's new lady and like ended up in the middle of that somehow so um and I I think one of the big things we like obviously it's like a 500 page book that you've got to condense down into a movie so we're going to miss out a lot but apparently um there's quite a lot of time spent like with the covey which i think would have been very cool to get to know um i loved all of this like sort of like appalachian influence on like the music mm -hmm. and everything i thought that mm -hmm. that was that was really awesome i know i um, didn't and... love her her accent choice but then i, I was like oh but I... i've been waiting yeah I've but then waiting. i'm like oh the music is good and i'm like oh I yeah i really yeah i know i yeah. I, I maybe would have loved if this was not rachel ziegler doing yeah. this accent mm -hmm. it was yeah. probably yeah. um but i it's sort of the just the again like the 
the world building around this kind of nomadic group that has now been sort of trapped down into district 12 and their music and their love of color. Like I loved all of yeah. that world building stuff. And so more of that, getting to know those characters, getting to know life in as a peacekeeper, I do think would have been really cool. And then if you can like seed all of these things of he's like this obvious sort of paranoia and like dis inherent distrust that he has and then like why why does he have that what is it from if we had been able to see more of like his time as a child during the first rebellion like what about that impacted him so much that he carries that now because we get this like super short scene with him and tigris at like the very beginning we get this reference at one point where he's talking about like eating paste we know they have no money um which by the way i found out um is because his family uh made their money based on uh, ammunition development in district 13 which gets mm. like bombed and uh, uh like everything goes under so that's why his family has no money which i thought was kind of interesting mm. um but yeah there's so much like very cool world building i think that that is the strength of this movie that you could have done more of that over two movies i fully agree i it's not the story from the book but i would have actually been really interested in this idea because we know that eventually the mentors end up being previous winners of the mm -hmm. hunger games right. and so i think it would have been really interesting to explore that more just like we did for katniss in the original movies of like you know, we we get kind of a couple, we get like a line from Lucy Gray where she's like, oh, I'm still on edge from the games, but we don't actually like see her carry the weight of that, yeah. of of the choices. Not like that we've seen in the past, like you very said. Very much. Yeah. yeah. And again, that was like such a strength, I think, of the original Hunger Games movies was seeing Katniss deal with all of that, deal with that PTSD. And it's part of what I like really love about that story is that portrayal and that kind of emotional weight of that story that I don't think we get enough of from Lucy Gray. I think it would have been interesting if the story had maybe even like fast forwarded a bit. We see the 11th Hunger Games. Now Lucy, like now they're like, oh, now we're going to bring in like former winners. Lucy Gray has to be a mentor for the first time. And right. it's um, even if that like, was an idea that he seeded previously. And then yeah, if that like, had been his idea. And now he, he's yeah. the one responsible for her having to like relive this trauma and be a mentor like i just think that there's even more that could have been done with this story and i know it's not necessarily from the source material but i think could have honored the idea of the source material in a way that would have been really cool yeah for me i think that there's a piece here where i feel like um in the back half there's also not enough and i do want to get to the the front half which i do think is like really really good basically so because mm -hmm. i feel like we've been like mostly like here's what didn't here's where it like kind of like falls apart at the end but i also wish that as he's falling in love with her, I also wish like in the back half, we were seeing how like the stuff that he fell in love with is like potentially actually an act um, because I feel mm. like the other pieces like their life kind of seems fine in the in the in the post like, you know, yeah. Hunger Games life. But if it was more about this thing of like, she's like, well, yeah, this part of me that you fell in love with, I was like doing that because that's how I like would survive and like can mm -hmm. create some sort of thing. And I guess it's tricky because you can't have her be you know, the way that she would like figure out how to like work the games in the same way that like Katniss does because she, she doesn't like create the same type of like complete revolution mm -hmm. that Katniss causes. Um, but she also does like spark something and gets involved um, uh, with some of it. But 
the beginning, I think there's a few things that I think work exceptionally well. And I do think like the litany of characters, I think this is like a really well-performed um, uh, mm-hmm. movie. I think that um, I really liked Peter Dinklage a lot. I really liked Viola Davis a lot. Obviously he shouted out Hunter Schaefer before even Jason Schwartzman, it feels like uh, plays um funny that he's the i think the the father of uh or i guess ancestor of of caesar flickerman because <laughs> yeah he's yeah the flickerman. father of caesar flickerman which is very funny. funny to think that jason schwartzman is stanley tucci's dad but uh nevertheless, yeah. and they, it's thought, crazy how much they they like look I know, alike, or at least like in the role yeah they, they they look a lot alike yeah but i think all of this like basically until we get to the end of the hunger games i think it's like very very good it's very well crafted the world building i think it's really good to take this thing we know and kind of strip it uh, a lot of it away mm. for it not to be as big. Um, the idea that like Lucky is like, oh my God, like I'm actually not going home tonight because like, uh, because yes. of the like bomb exploding, there's like this underground so where they also have cameras under there, but wh- whatever. Like the idea that the games kind of get like, you can see the way that they, these things happen that are not exactly what they will become, but are seeds for where it will go. I thought was, was, was really, really clever. And again, I think one of the things too, from the beginning, I loved it so much. that I often felt like we were like speeding through some things in a way that I thought was like, kind of worked for the film but in a, in a, um yeah but i thought viola davis as as gall and peter dinklage as as high bottom in particular were like complete highlights for for me in their performances of these like both people involved in the games and one seemingly like yeah how diabolical can i be and the other one being like i have huge amounts of regret for what's happening but i obviously have to keep doing it i thought it was really good mm-hmm. Yeah, and Viola Davis, I think, you know, obviously an exceptional actress, helped a lot in this role by the creepy, you know, contact lens that she has mm-hmm. to put And the, in gloves. the gloves. The gloves, yes. Yeah. The glo- the red gloves. There's like the one, I think that's like the 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 showstopper as far as her different outfits yeah. is when she's like in her lab and uh Corio, as his sister calls him, is visiting and she's wearing the red gloves with like the red it's like half dress, half yeah. lab coat. You know, clearly yeah. she was like, it's, I want both. It's actually very Rocky Horror. <laughs> it yeah. is. No, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. You're right. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very like the blood dripping. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. very creepy. She's yeah. having so much fun. She's yes. always having fun seemingly. And I want that for like a very juicy role with like some, some rid- ridiculous lines to deliver. I will just say like a lot of the writing felt very on the nose, like just overall, regardless of whether it was like the first half. You know, it's a better name for this. Katniss. Doesn't that ring off the bell? <laughs> oh my God. Right? Stop. Your, Stop. your accent. I just, I just can't. I'm so fascinated now that we're talking about this of like the way in which her accent, like the, the real life inconsistency of the accent could have actually played into the movie and like the paranoia sure, she was and the putting way she on was, this like, charm. acting. Yeah. Yes, because that would have made so much sense and I would have completely let her off the hook. Like great actress, beautiful voice, but the accent, I'm sorry, it's a no for me. Um, but back to back to back to some stuff that was working, like Viola Davis, amazing, of course. I'm gonna ask you again, Grace, what are the Hunger Games for? <laughs> um uh-huh. i i did love that because in the trailer they played that line so yeah, many times so I was like, if she only said it that one or two times i'm gonna be pissed so i was actually happy that she said it at the end um yeah peter dinklage gets the 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 unceremonious death at the end like i guess uh maybe like the original sin of this new version of snow that we meet post uh breakup i guess you can say and I do have to shout out, you already did, but I'm going to shout out a couple of lines. Uh, our friend Jason Schwartzman having a lot of fun. In the beginning, I was actually 
not impressed with him at all because we've seen the like very polished version of what this becomes yes. in the Stanley Tucci character in the yes. in the previous movies. And Lucretius, Lucretius is like not that good at it at first, but he has so many funny moments. He got the most laughs in my in when my he's calling sure. the reservation place. And yes. he's like, no, I'm not gonna be there because I'm hosting the Hunger Games 10th annual. I don't know if you're <laughs> aware of it. And then he says off camera, if you don't see me, I'm not there. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. And he's having so much fun. Later, he's called someone tuberculosis on legs, which is rough. Uh, and then get me a drink. Get me a drink right now. <laughs> yeah. It was it's awesome. Very fun. Yeah. Can I shout out this What are the Hunger Games for line? Because this bothered yeah. me a lot. So in the originals, we're asked, this question comes up. Snow asked this question right. uh, of like, what are the Hunger Games for? And the answer is that Snow is weaponizing hope, right? It's that right. he's giving the districts the small amount of hope that like their tribute could win. And if they're so focused on this small amount of hope that they might have to get out of this awful situation, they will ignore having hope about like overcoming the whole system of oppression that they're in. If they can focus in on this one specific instance. And he talks about like hope as a means to control and divide them from each other as opposed to like uh, hope that could ignite a whole rebellion and the kind of weaponization of hope in this way, which I find really interesting as very a story real. and as a device. And yeah, as a way as that people are like, I might be a billionaire someday, so we better not tax billionaires. And you're like, what the hell? You're never going to be a billionaire. It's so like, exactly. I feel like this is a thing that is in our society that like we don't dismantle our system because there's idea that like you could be rich under capital you could be the richest person under capitalism anybody can make it you know yeah. yeah and so i was so confused why at the end of this movie they're like i know what the hunger games are for now and then he didn't say yeah. the thing that he we know he believes later on and i was like did he only learn i i was so confused why i was like oh okay he's going to like come to this realization that we know he holds in the future movies by the end of this movie. No, he's going to have yet another explanation. I was so confused. I was well, like, I guess the story doesn't work for that thing, right? Of like the idea that, because he he's not able to dismantle, like the Hunger Games don't dismantle the thing that she, that Lucy Gray tried, right? He never sees that, right? Like he, right? I guess like. No, I mean, they're still around. He later. can't learn Nothing. that lesson of like the fact that, it, you know, like, like technically Lucy Gray is like, participation in, in whatever rebellion is there like i guess it does get snuffed out but like i don't know I, anyway yeah my, I guess my generous be, you yeah. you needed to tell the story differently but to me yeah, the goal of this would be that he's you know he's learning how to design the games he's learning how to use the games effectively and to me that is like the key lesson to take away from the purpose of these games is that, you know, he's got this bit about like people have to be invested. They have to see them as human beings because if yeah, you yeah, are yeah, hoping true. for a particular person, then you are distracted from your own shitty life and the like potential for greater things. So, uh, yeah, I found that that was a bit annoying for me. I was like, you make so many references to these original movies and yet you're not going to make this callback. Which I was like, yeah. Or like, land in the same place i think the generous read would be and to be clear i don't necessarily think the movie 
deserves it uh is that like you know this was the 10th annual and by the time we get to the thing you know it's like the 73rd or 74th annual and like the first book so you know it's possible that it's changed in whatever 60 some odd whatever math years yeah but again it's it, it should have at least felt emotionally closer to where we have seen him be uh later on in his life um we talked about viola davis's like gauls costuming i thought the costuming of like the the mentors i thought like the students was like really good i thought mm -hmm. uh obviously i'm a big fan of like tigresses so i don't know if folks have seen but um hunter schaefer dressed up for halloween as a child as a capital citizen um, yeah, so, cool. yeah now um is like in the movie as a capital citizen is so cool i thought the costuming the set design like you're talking about like i thought the set design of the last uh the last act is like really phenomenal um is really good um, yeah, I thought it looked beautiful on, on screen, which is the thing I, you know, I always make this joke area where it's like, this movie was only made for a hundred million dollars, which is an astounding amount of money. But like, you know, we've seen blockbuster movies that get made for a lot more that look right. a lot worse than this movie. Yes. I do feel like the money put it was like very wisely, you know, uh, spent in terms of, to make this movie look as like visually stunning as it did. I thought that was very impressive. Yeah. And it's harder to pull off a you know obviously there's more there's more money for this outright than there was like let's say for the first movie before it became a hit but i think that um you you have to you you want to make it look good but you can't make it look too good because it's in the past so like there's and you know this always happens with prequels and sequels like does it look like this existed does it look like this could be like the the building blocks of what we have experience later on like the technology can't be too it has yeah. to look good but it can't be too too advanced because there have to be like a lot of advancements made along the way so you know i agree for the most part a lot of like grays and browns and and some muted tones that kind of like wash out the environment but overall like certainly the the outfits you can definitely see the the way that capital culture mm -hmm. and uh ways in which these people act and dress and like perform basically in public is is already completely there even though later on it's even more ridiculous when is it supposed to be set most like when is the, like the hunger game supposed to be like it's like an alternate like in, in like real world time like real world time yeah because oh. like based like, on like a man right like the districts yeah. is like america like they're pan am pan am is like yeah North so america, it's right? like some sort of like future for sure but i don't think it's necessarily like our Got future it. from what i can tell maybe some like really good hunger Games scholars will know specifically if there's like a year attached to it but i do think it's just sort of supposed to be like yeah the you know systems have changed enough there's this first rebellion whatever and so they've kind of rejigged um america to be this like pan am I with these districts I always look at it like the way the tech is. Like I always thought it was like, like a past alternate timeline, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like some point in the past, there's like a rebellion that then creates like basically this ten years, at, right? So that's always how I envision it. But I could be way wrong. Anyway, um, the other just last thing I would like to mention is I do think uh, I thought the character, um, the guy who plays Sujanus, Josh Andres Rivera, who is I believe dating Rachel uh, Zegler in real life. Um, I thought he was great. I just haven't like shouted him out. Um him out yet but i thought he was also very good in this movie we haven't really talked about any of the like 
tributes or the Hunger Games as a thing, really. Um, I thought for the, uh, this, this is, I think, probably like my favorite stretch of the movie is just the Hunger Games happening, which I know is awful because like some of it is like extremely violent and like so yeah. sad that they send a girl with like, I think she has Down syndrome, like into the, yeah. like that is, that is horrific. Yeah. Not that anybody yeah. should be sent into it, but yeah, it was like a really like dark stretch of the movie, I thought, but it was really effective. Yeah. Um, so I looked up, uh, apparently the Hunger Games are sort of set 300 years in the future. So oh, roughly uh, 2,312. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. thought like 2012 was the big year. It's actually 2112 or 24 to whatever the hell the math is. Yeah. I sure. mean, is this a more optimistic look of the future than what I expect the world will be like in the 2300s? Maybe. Oh, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Hunger Games are always kind of the most interesting parts of these movies. And I, as, um, I think you both have said this, like stripping back of, I thought that that was really cool. I wasn't really expecting that, but I thought it was very smart to be like, oh yeah, it used to just, the arena used to just be like a this room. literal arena. And we sort of see the kind of making of this original kind of idea of the cornucopia and uh the drone stuff apparently the drones being bad oh that's like purely funny. a movie fabrication that's like not from the books but i thought that that was um... i'm just delivering water yeah yeah, yeah love... exactly and then shout yeah out, so i thought uh, it was yeah. it was great and i would have liked to have got to know these other um tributes a little tributes. bit better to me they were just this like all of the bad ones and then like a few references to these like it didn't feel like we really got to know like reaper is obviously a very interesting um character and he's sort of got this like kind of defiant moment at the end here that i thought was um very moving and yeah it was sort of interesting i i like I don't remember any of their names. They sort of kept saying them and I didn't know which name was tied to which no. tribute very well. So I would have I like the interviews that we get in the yeah. um in the first movie. I I would have appreciated something like that in this one just so I could be like, okay, this name is tied to this tribute and this is where they're from and this is their story so that I could kind of keep track of it as well as I can in the first one. They always say that like a book it's easier to have way more characters and you have to like figure out For a sure. way to condense like a lot of like when you'll read when you'll see a script based on a movie that like condense characters you obviously just like can't do that here uh and there's the whole thing of like you have to have district district 12 is so important that you can't be like there's only six districts right like you right yeah because you need district 12 so i i I do kind of like, this is one where I give the movie a lot of credit because I feel like I do want more. And I also think that's such a huge challenge to try to fit yeah. like getting to know people in a way that like then their deaths are meaningful or or whatever. But there's so many characters to try and like, yeah. you know. Do and it. they and did actually, apparently yes. cut out like a ton of okay. teachers at the academy, right. people in District 12, other members of the Covey. Like they cut out so many people already for this movie. Right. I. I think that there was just like that scene in the first one where Caesar Flickerman is like reading through the names and they sort of like show you each right. one kind of quickly, right? Like he spends, he gives a couple sentences to some of them and then others, they just sort of flash through. Like, I, I think I just needed 
that they, like we they do it here where they're trying the to members are being assigned but it's too they much. do it's too much because then you're trying to do that character and also the mentor who you think might be yeah. important but the mentors obviously there's very few of them that are actually important uh basically yeah. just him and sujanus everybody else is kind, the one who like sacrifices her uh own person right she gets yeah a lot, yeah right? but they're trying to do like basically introduce what is it it's like there's 24 contestant is that right there's 12 yeah districts. yeah it's 12 to times it's two right it's a lot yeah. there's, there's a lot of characters scene, yeah. the scene that you're both mentioning i've forgotten about like when they're introducing the people and then putting the name of the tribute or excuse me putting the name of the mentor underneath the name it was so confusing and there was yeah. so That's much 48 people it, right it's like so yeah. many names to keep track of and then the name that they're saying is not matching the name that's on the screen and it, your brain just literally doesn't know what to do and the crazy thing is they made it easier for themselves because a bunch of the tributes died before the Hunger Games even started. So like right. the idea that like they couldn't even get the fewer pool tributes True. to like be telegraphed successfully as far as us tracking them. The only name I remember was Reaper because his name is so ridiculous. Well, they also but, like, keep being also like appropriate. He also keeps being like like Lucky would be like and an update like twelve contestants left Reaper in the lead, which I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. he, yes, yeah. the before most I realized people? it was a name. Is that was, right? Like, who's like death? Is, like, yeah, the, death yeah, the most the favorite to win. I guess right, he's sort right. of and and he's got this um, analog as well in the first one. Right, I remember. Uh, the it's the other one it's ruse like male counterpart in the first right. one right where he sort of like leaves katniss alone and whatever and so it's like okay it's this it's this character again just in this version right. of it um but yeah i was sort of like i i i would have loved like an extra sentence some sort of like pre-conversation between him and lucy gray like anything to know this guy's motivation for this like act of rebellion at the end i think would have been cool yeah well crazy we needed more we needed this to be two movies as grace said, <laughs> from the very that is the that is the takeaway yeah um i do just want to quickly mention one good thing and then a or one bad thing and then a good thing that i would want to hear what you both thought about it coriolanus's last Bite or one of his last, I don't know if it's the very, very last one, but the last uh, quote that he says to uh, High Bottom before he kills him. Oh, yeah. Snow lands on top. I was like, <laughs> wow, no, never again. I never want to hear that sentence. Uh, but to the to the High Bottom point, though, his confession that like the Hunger Games were yeah. never actually supposed to happen and that like it was kind of a drunk musing that he had and then like uh was it Corio's father or somebody yeah. else like stole the idea and then it was like he he woke up the next morning fully and fully uh expecting to just kind of shoot that idea down and and not have it happen and then that it happened it's just such a like very realistic human moment a set among like this very crazy not at all realistic in parts uh dystopian like alternate reality that just felt so rich and interesting to me like oh that's crazy because we've seen so much you know we got to 75th right we got to the quarter yep. quell um in the in the original trilogy that's like wow so much was built on one bad idea <laughs> that, yeah. like that says that says so much and that was like a really genuinely interesting moment for me to uh again in the sense of like this movie giving us history and context for like this universe that we already uh know pretty well question for you though is that why this guy hates choreo 
Because there's like there's things where he's like, I'm never going to let you whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I am going to like personally make sure that you fail. And I was like, why are you so mad, bro? Um, that was that was my estimation. Yeah. Just because he like really hates what this guy's dad did as his yeah. like former former bestie, I, I guess. I wish it was maybe I, I'd have to like obviously rewatch it. But whether or not as like, is it are Dude. those coming after? I know. Are those coming after he's giving these ideas to Gaul about these ways to increase the viewership of the game, because basically it does feel like high is in this role, slowly trying to break it from the inside of yeah, boring as possible. Kind of an interesting reveal for sure. Yeah. To make it as boring as possible and decrease viewership to the point where it's like, it's not worth it to do we it. We can anymore. finally get rid of this. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. he's like hoping to like end his own, like, like, you know, fix his own legacy. And as he's seeing like uh snow, like, increase it so but i don't actually know for sure whether but the there is a line at the very beginning works. where he says yeah, like the dean right. hates me or whatever right yeah. uh and they're like oh well you'll have to win because you have the best grades or whatever and he's like yeah but he hates me so right. i was so that was why i was confused but maybe i'm no yeah yeah i know i think I, that's, agree with you, I, I think that i think your uh your read of it is right melissa because the whole movie he's like you know they're talking about winning and they're talking about money right that was like another big motivation Mm -hmm. for him for Corio to win the money so that he could give it to his family and then the whole time high bottom is like no you're not going to get the money you're not going to get the money i will do every single thing possible to make sure even if you win that your family isn't going to get the money and you're like that's really personal like what is the yeah. thing and it just feels like this the the reason why he acts the way he does the reason why he drinks so much is because of the guilt that he feels from doing this and he has no one else to take it out on except yeah. this character so that well, that if, that motivation works for me if snow is seen as somebody who's like i feel like it's your one of the very first questions you asked Melissa or like pondered about like whether or not we're supposed to at any point in this movie sympathize with snow. I think at the very beginning, like it's set up like, mm -hmm. yeah, like why wouldn't you? He's just, he's like, he wants to help his family there. His dad died. Right. So it's like, he's trying to like build a better life for his family. If there's any seed at the beginning about the way that he is like maybe a bit of a brat even, or, or like, you know, or a little bit has these like tendencies that like high bottom is the only person who can like, who is seeing that he's like, mm -hmm. I can see what you could become. You will become like yeah. your father if we let you is uh, it, that's, I feel like that's not in there at the beginning, but it's a read you can kind of like you, you could take from this, this movie, but you have to kind of like impose it on the movie. Um, yeah. So, I would have, yeah. I would have, I wouldn't have minded if the movie had, uh, I'm a big fan of handholding. Uh, I always say this. Times. Yeah. Uh, showrunners and movie uh, execs should you should think I'm dumber than I am. Yeah, I'm pretty smart, but you should you should pretend I'm dumber so that you yeah. like are like that's and it's not, always, yeah that guy's yeah evil. and it's not like don't it's not about like underestimating your audience's intelligence or like um, talking down to them, but it's just realizing that you have immersed yourself in this in this world in these characters in their motivations. And we, and then are trying to turn that into a cohesive story. And so we don't have the 30 pages of backstory that you might have on these characters. So yeah. you need to just like spoon that out to us a little bit more than having us make these like leaps and jumps. Cause yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of when shows just kind of explain things in a clever way without it being a big like, monologue that they have to give to share their you know it, there's a way to do it that it doesn't feel 
patronizing and it's mm-hmm. whenever it's done well i just really appreciate it but yeah i i agree i also i know there was a, a thoughts in the filmmakers where they were trying to show the um this was like a super super violent movie um yeah. but they're also trying to keep it pg-13 which was really interesting so there's like not a lot of blood for such a violent movie uh which i thought was sort of interesting where i'm i'm yeah. sort of left with this like very deep unease after watching this because of all the violence but it is like not a gory movie in any way yeah I would. a lot of sound effects a lot of sound effects <laughs> yeah squelching and such um all right. Well, I think that that's Hunger Games, uh, a yeah. ballad of the ballad of songbirds and and snakes. Are they going to do any more of these? Do you think? Did they leave it open? Is there? A, are we getting a prequel or a sequel? Are there any other books, or that was just that one book? There's. It's just the one book. So yeah, I was sort of. It, yeah, I was sort of curious as well because like I remember Kevin and I talking about it when this was first coming out that we thought like a, like a Hamish prequel movie would be interesting. Yeah, I would love um, that. that there are these characters that we could find out more about that would sort of fill in this gap here. Right. You know, 75 is a lot, is a lot of years. There's a lot of other hunger games that we could see. Yeah. So there's the potential for it. I think if this does well, but there's nothing written that they could base that off of, that would be them having to come up with it, which maybe they could do. I'm sort of not expecting it though. Cause, um, that feels like yeah, but it's IP. It's sweet IP. <laughs> I know. I know. They get skittish Forever. though. Melissa's right. TV they show? get skittish sometimes when they're like, "Oh, we don't have the thing already, though." And recently, there have been a lot of failures of like writing something yes. that isn't in the original text, and then people get nervous. TV but Snowlands on top. Snowlands <laughs> on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, I just can't get over her accent in that movie. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to pile on, but what, like, what was happening the entire time? And then there were moments where I was like, wait, does she have an accent? Oh, I made that up. I imagined it. Like, yeah, it, I sort of, I it definitely uh, traveled. I'm just thinking that now I have to come on every time um, Rachel Ziegler's in a, in a <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. What's my story? story? Yeah, well, I don't know that Every time Josh, Andres, Rivera, and Rachel Ziegler in a movie together, because that is also mm-hmm. true. That's also That's right. He was in that as well. I forgot. So, so she is going to be. She's she's Snow White. Melissa, are you are you ready for the, the Snow White uh, live action? Adam Ziegler is Snow White, I believe. Sure, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Melissa is feeling what I'm feeling, which is. I guess. <laughs> no. um, all right, Ariel. Um, next week, uh, there's a lot of movies out, as we keep saying. Too many. Um, there it kind of is too many. Um, the Holdovers out. I, I've seen it. You have not seen it. We'll, we'll see if we're going to uh, cover it. It's getting some great reviews. I think it's definitely in the Oscar Best Picture uh, buzz conversation. So I think uh, we might have to cover it at some point. Napoleon also comes out. Are you? I've seen a lot of people. There's like, I feel like there's either people are so excited for Napoleon or are like, oh my God, I do not want to watch a movie ever about Napoleon. It's another Ridley Scott movie, Ariel. Are you excited about yeah, that? Yeah. I feel like the, the Ridley Scott part of it, I feel like could be really good, especially for like an IMAX experience. You and know, also his the, media press is. Hilarious. Yeah. That, that's what's gotten me most excited about everything is just like Ridley Scott's ridiculous answers. Now they're just like memes yeah. uh, that are like m- making fake answers that he has given because his real answers are so ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix definitely immerses himself in every role so you know i think he he's probably a little tall for napoleon but i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure he'll fill in the uh fill in the size his actual response to um people criticizing the historical inaccuracies of napoleon is get a life <laughs> <laughs> 
incredible. Ridley Scott on historians having criticism about Napoleon. He said, when I have issues with historians, I ask, excuse me, mate, were you there? No? Well, shut the F up. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. Ridley Scott yeah. has opinions. <laughs> yeah. Also a new Disney wild. movie. Uh, I know. It's hilarious. It's really How hilarious. dare people talk about my movies? How dare they? <laughs> I don't want buzz. <laughs> I think he's creating his own buzz. Uh, yeah. Wish also comes out next week, which... um. Gosh, I have to say, I the criticism of this movie is that the music is bad. And Ariel, I don't know if we're I don't know if we're allowed to talk about Disney music ever again after we were like Encanto, no bops proceeds to be the most highest selling listened to music of all time. Listen, I said what I said. Okay. I I I still stand by that, uh, but I'm glad people enjoy it. Yeah. So we shall see. There's lots of there's lots of movies to be covered, and we shall be back to cover some of them. In the meantime, Melissa. What else you got going on and where can people find you? Sure. Yeah. People can follow me on Twitter, Melissa W28, Melissa Woodward28 on other social media. I am currently talking Doctor Who with Kevin and Adam. Uh, it is a, uh, we are just wrapping up series five with Matt Smith, which is some of the best Doctor Who that there is, but we are about to cover the new specials that are new coming Doctor out. Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah. So it's a really great time to jump in if you're brand new. Um and there's going to be a Christmas special coming out, which is going to be really good. So you can check those out as well. Uh, I just finished talking about Goosebumps with Todd. I'm talking Lessons in Chemistry with Dr. Amanda. And I'm talking Dimension 20's Burrows End with Rich. So if you are at all a D&D fantasy fan of any kind, it's on Dropout, which is like a pretty cheap um, service, streaming service. The first episode's available for free on YouTube, and I highly recommend checking it out. Rich and I are having a ton of fun talking about it, and we're going to have some guests on to talk about the end of the first season, which will be great. And uh, I will be over on Shit 90 Shows ta Taught Me talking freaks and geeks. Um, I think that's it. I think that's a, a lot of things. Yeah. Sam Rice, the CEO of Dropout, actively encourages password sharing. So if a few yeah. people get together, wow. you can like share. Yeah, he yeah. when Netflix was like cracking down, he's like, yeah. You want to give out your login for I was up? like, should I be giving out like my banking information? Like where does it where so. does it end? I don't think so. I think just I think just password sharing for your your specifically your dropout. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And I mean it worked for me. Like uh one of our uh Discord friends shared their password with me and then yeah. I basically watched some stuff yeah. and I was very quickly like, Oh, I should pay for this. This yeah. is cool. I'm You'll doing a lot of things. For yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, can I tell you a very funny story? I was uh traveling home from a movie the other night and on the streetcar in the little uh you know section next to me they were talking about whether or not they were watching burrow's end and they were talking about which uh, fantasy high they've watched and they started talking about how excited they were because fantasy high uh sorry yeah. dimension 20 they're watching fantasy high comes back and they were like i can't believe people like there are people out there who hate galir and so i like what i let them have their conversation but as i got up i said you're both very right that Galera is the greatest NPC in the history of, of, yeah, uh, nice. of, of uh, Let's Play D&D. And then I got off. Uh, it was very fun. They were just chat chatting about Dimension 20. I was so excited. Yeah, um, the whole first season of Fantasy High is also available for right. free on YouTube. So again, right. like, check it out for free. See if it's your bag. Uh, highly recommend checking it out. It is basically my favorite streaming service and one of the very few that I actually pay for. So yeah. It's really good. Yeah. All right, Ariel. What about you? Galir. I have to go figure out who Galir is. Oh, Galir, yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I no am, <laughs> let's see, covering Six Feet Under with Dr. Amanda. Uh, that's been super fun. Season one uh, rewatch. Well, rewatch for us, but first time watch as far as spoilers on the pod. 
uh covering god there's not much else covering Grey's anatomy with chapelle every month we did a fun doctor draft last week with a uh, special guest jess sterling and our tales from the loop coverage grace you me and rich that wrapped up also as well last week and uh, i am on twitter at that other ariel um yes we all love potting with dr amanda because dr amanda and i are talking about uh the curse the new nathan fielder benny softy emma stone show which is tremendous it's very good it's very weird um mike bloom which i will be chatting fargo season five shannon gus and i are chatting the crown um and then jess sterling and i are doing full spoiler recaps this week we talked scott pilgrim takes off the new netflix animated show based off the graphic novel so it was a lot of fun i'm on social media at hi from grace we will be back uh next week chatting about more movies until then i'm grace that's ariel melissa's here and we are pushing